franchise interviews. From Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Welcome to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Listen to interviews with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys. And now, welcome your host, Marty McDermott, and Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 13 years now, we've been asking the Franchipreneurs one one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and we have a great show today. Well, we're meeting with Kevin Dubois, the chief executive officer of Lapel's Dry Cleaning. And as the CEO of Lapel's Dry Cleaning, Kevin has more than 25 years' experience in the franchise industry, the last 15 with Lapel's. Over that time, Lapel's Dry Cleaning has pioneered an eco-friendly dry cleaning experience through our partnership agreement with Green Earth, the dry cleaning industry's only non-toxic cleaning alternative. And we'll talk to Kevin about that in just a moment on Franchise Interviews. So stick around because we have a great show. Are you one of those special people who are willing to go after your dreams and goals? Are you ready to fulfill that dream of owning your own business with the security of a proven brand? The opportunity to take control of your future and own a Rita's Italian Ice franchise is within your reach. Rita's is seeking success-oriented individuals who are ready to make a change in their life, and Rita's offers unparalleled training and support to assure your success. And did you know the frozen treat industry is a recession-proof industry and there are Rita's in 23 states currently with 540 stores open. Rita's Italian Ice has been around for 25 years and is listed as a top-performing franchise by the Wall Street Journal. Now here's the really good part. Rita's Italian Ice is a unique and amazing taste treat. It's smoother than a snow cone and it combines ice with real fresh fruit. The real fruit adds dramatically to the taste and it comes in over 40 flavors. The ice and fruit are mixed on site and made fresh daily and it is delicious. You'll want to know more about this exciting and successful franchise opportunity. Go to www.ownaritas.com and get all your questions answered. That's www.ownaritas.com to take control of your dreams and future today. You don't want to wait any longer to be a part of this adventure. www.ownaritas.com Hi, this is Connie McDermott, Administrative Assistant for Franchise Interviews, LLC, and you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews, from Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 13 years now, we've been asking the Franchipreneurs one-on-one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and as we were saying earlier, we have a great show today. Well, we're meeting with Kevin Dubois, the chief executive officer of Lapel's Dry Cleaning. And as the CEO of Lapel's Dry Cleaning, Kevin has more than 25 years' experience in the franchise industry, last 15 with Lapel's. 
Hi, Kevin. How are you? Welcome to the show. Hi, I'm doing great, Marty. Thanks for having me. Uh, this is my pleasure, Kevin. We would like to ask our guests where you're calling from this morning, Kevin. I am in our corporate offices, which are in Hanover, Massachusetts, and that's about oh, nice. 20 miles south of Boston. Okay, fantastic. Did you guys get hit with a storm yesterday, Kevin? We did, yeah. It kind of snuck up on us. I mean, the, the news yeah. had uh, the storm coming in about 12 hours earlier, but the wind yeah. really uh, got pretty intense last night. Yeah, yeah, it was the same here in Pennsylvania, Kevin. So it's great to have you on your show. You know, it was interesting when I was reading your background. I, you have a very impressive background, Kevin. I was reading that you know you started your first restaurant at 18 years old, and you know today as at 52, it seems 18 seems so young to me now to start a restaurant. But maybe you know you can talk a little <laughs> bit about your background because it's really very impressive. Yeah, it's even stranger for me now that I have kids that are that age, an 18-year-old daughter and 21-year-old son, and I think back, I look at what they're doing today and then what I was right. doing. Um, you know, for me, when it started, uh, my father was in the restaurant business, so I had mm-hmm. sort of as a kid, you know, 10, 12, 14 years old, been in the kitchens with my dad, right. um, and he was leasing restaurants in some cases from like country clubs and hotels. Um, and he did a lot of off-premise catering. <clears throat> and my first introduction to that first restaurant was my dad was on vacation once. Uh, a hotelier called into the restaurant that I was, you know, sort of covering and right. said, you know, can I speak to Kevin Dubois? I said, yeah, you know, yeah, you got him. <laughs> <Right>. And uh, <laughs> he said, you know, we'd love to talk to you about leasing a restaurant from our hotel. And so wow. I said, oh, geez, that's great. Let me, you know, let me set it up and I'll call you back. And I figured my dad would be very excited. This was all down Cape Cod, which right. if you know Cape Cod, the, the, the people that are down the Cape don't really like to leave the bridge. So I call right. my dad with this, what I think is great news. And, hey, we've got a great opportunity here. But, oh, by the way, it's not on Cape Cod. And he said, oh, geez, no, I'm not interested. That's too far. And so right. I hung up the phone with him. I called the uh, hotelier back, Artie Furman, and uh, I said, you know, we'd love to, to meet with you. Can we do it tomorrow morning? And I, you know, trotted up there the next day with a briefcase that had nothing in it just to sort of look more <laughs> professional. Uh, hijacked my dad's Cadillac at the time. And I'm sure when I walked in, uh, they must have thought, you know, what, like, what is going on here? <laughs> I was a young age and I probably looked 14. Um, But I think they were so desperate to get food and beverage off their plate that they said, hey, when can you start? I said Monday, and I was off to the races. Wow. Uh, So that was the initial introduction. And then that that same gentleman kept buying more and more hotels and wanted me to lease the banquet facilities and the restaurants. And so, you know, at 20, I then had six of them and had relatives. I was too young to have a liquor license at the time. I had relatives that I was uh, sort of hiring as consultants and putting them on the licenses. What an amazing story. I've heard a lot of stories, you know, I've been doing the show now 13 years, Kevin. It's one of my favorites. I mean, it's just, it's fantastic. And, you know, what did you, what did you learn from all of that experience, Kevin? Because it almost seemed like it was your destiny, you know, to kind of become an entrepreneur. What did you learn from that particular experience? Yes, um, I definitely learned a lot. And I still sort of call on that skill set today, for yeah. sure. Um, You know, as I think back on it, I was probably too naive and ignorant, quite honestly, to know the perils of, you know, what I was getting myself into. Right. Um, You know, I was just excited to have an opportunity. Um, And so I really just 
put my head down and work super hard to get through it. Um, right. And I was working 16 hours a day, seven days a week for years when that started. Um, and this was back in the pager days. I'd leave after the 16 hours and get paid <laughs> six times on my drive home. <laughs> um, so, you know, that was the sort of the initial. So I definitely learned work ethic almost by force right. there. And my dad yeah. was a very hard worker. So, you know, kind of sought out by osmosis. Right. But then sort of learned the scaling aspect of it <clears throat> because yeah. I, you know, very quickly got in over my head and realized that I couldn't be cooking breakfast and then setting up for a wedding and then trying to sell a right. wedding and then, right. you know, meeting with vendors. So. I learned just by force that, okay, I need somebody good to be in the kitchen, somebody good to sell banquets, somebody good to, you know, oversee the restaurant operations. I need somebody to do bookkeeping. Um, So I learned the world of scaling. And at the same time, these hotels were part of a franchise system. So, you know, in my mind, hotels are about the best franchisors out there. And I right. always sort of call back on that experience. We're actually, it's funny, we were just talking today at a staff meeting about setting up a call center, which is new for us and really, wow. you know, offbeat in the dry cleaning industry. But right, right. I, I called upon that resource as, you know, this is how the hotels did it. They had a reservation system and people called in and they would ferret out the leads and we're applying that now to our franchise system. Um, so, yeah, I I, uh, I call on that experience very often. It was it was great, and hospitality, you know, in and itself, I always say is a great way to learn small business mm-hmm. right. communication tools. You know, it's just it's such a it's such a necessary skill set. I think. And then you know, at some point. You became part of Lapel's, uh, Kevin. I guess it was around, was it 2004, 2005? You know, you, you kind of discovered them. What was it that, that kind of yeah. drew you to Lapel's? What, what was it about them? Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting story, too. So I, all, the, all those restaurants, and there were six of them, um, you know, within the first couple of years, they were all very dependent on somebody else that owned the real estate and the business, the hotel mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And my dad had a lot of those types of businesses where he was leasing from country clubs at golf courses and whatnot. And I right. really wanted to get control of the business. Like I felt like at any moment somebody could pull the rug under me and I would lose the business, especially in the hotel world. They they treat those right. properties like monopolies sometimes with buying and selling yeah. so often. Wow. Uh, so I was really looking to buy a restaurant that I owned the real estate. <clears throat> and I found right. a really cool place on the South shore of Boston uh, called the sun tavern in Duxbury mass, 18th uh-huh. century farmhouse. Wow. You know, wow. wide plank wooden floors, six foot ceilings, really cool spot. And the owner of that business was a guy named Larry Friedman. Mm-hmm. And Larry was the founder of lapels Uh, He was just starting lapels at the same time that he was selling the restaurant and the property. So that was my initial introduction to lapels and dry cleaning, quite honestly. You know, at that point, dry clean, my my industry experience with dry cleaning was dropping off my clothes. And I I had a very different perspective on the industry versus Larry, who had been in it and owned and operated uh, dry cleaner. So that was my initial. And he and I got along very well. He was a little bit older than I um, Mm -hmm. knew the dry cleaning industry, didn't really know the franchising world. 
And so we kept talking and he, you know, started lapels and started opening stores and was starting to struggle with franchising and how that whole thing worked and operations manuals and territories and FDDs. And so after a couple of years, uh, we basically sat down and he said, you know, have you had enough of the restaurant world? And I said, yeah, I have, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) you know, spending nights, still nights and weekends and holidays in the restaurants and working long hours. And, um, so I wound up selling that restaurant and coming on board with lapels, 50% partner back then I bought Larry out about seven or eight years ago, which worked out really well for both of us. Um, but that was my introduction to lapels and it was good for me from the beginning because I did bring the franchising perspective to lapels, but I also brought the customer's um, perspective to dry cleaning, um, you know, right. what it looked like and felt like and the conveniences and the technology and those things that really just weren't prominent in the dry cleaning industry. They're two different animals, aren't they, Kevin? You know, it's, it's been a common theme on our show, you know, over 13 years is, you know, that a lot of times there's a business and, you know, they, they have a great business, but they don't know how to franchise it, you know? So it seemed like you and I guess Larry, you know, coming together it was it was really a a a perfect match so i I mean i think that's i I think that's fantastic how do you how do you typically describe uh lapels dry cleaning to to let's say a prospective franchisee kevin like if you were at a franchise show and someone came up to your booth how do you typically describe the concept well from the aspect of the customer facing piece we describe it as a boutique looking dry cleaner so we've really Mm. tried to make it look um, you know, very upscale with things right. like quartz counters and, you know, mil- nice mill warp and pendant lights and French doors. Um, just to get out of that whole, you know, perception or stigma right. of what dry cleaners right. look like, which are, you know, dirty, smell, yep. um, yeah. really kind of clean that up. Um, and then from the production side of the business, we've really pushed the envelope on environmentally friendly. Um, when I started yeah. here, uh, both Larry and I really wanted to be eco-friendly. Uh, mm-hmm. And that was before eco-friendly was hip and cool like it is now. Wow. We were doing it back then because we just felt like there must be a better way. Right. Um, and so fast forward to today, we now, you know, utilize the world's only 100% environmentally non-toxic cleaning. So the solvent that we're dry cleaning your clothes in is a liquid silicone. It breaks down naturally to sand and water. <clears throat> there is zero hazardous waste there. Um, and so the process is cleaner and it's just done with really well-trained people with good equipment. So putting out a good product. Uh, and marrying that with a bunch of technology. So things like an right. app that we developed and built years ago that people can sign up for pickup and delivery. We can be at your front door twice a week for no additional charge, 24-7 lockers and drop-off facilities, uh, and just married with local franchise owners that are part of the community. From the business model perspective, mm-hmm. you know, so what I would say to that person at the franchise show is that it's truly a hub and spokes business model. And, and right. you know, what I mean by that, I kind of always draw back to the restaurant world. If I were to open a restaurant, you know, a million dollars to open the, the first unit, the second unit would also be a million dollars. In the dry cleaning industry, we really build this hub, which is what we call the plant where the cleaning happens. And mm-hmm. that's about a half million dollar investment 
But then the satellite stores are very easy to build. You know, we can build right, those for, right. you know, as low as 80 grand. And those wow. take in the clothes and send them to the plant. And we typically would build our plant to service five additional satellite stores. So you can very quickly scale up as you start becoming profitable and making money. You can add different units. Uh, we can do pickup and delivery in that market. And that's a, a, a great uh, ancillary service and, and way to grow the revenue. So really easy to scale it uh, and it's not a fad and that's that's one of the right. big selling features out there in the right. world that's for true. me you know when I'm sitting at those franchise shows <clears throat> there's 500 brands there yeah and you know the next year there's 500 brands but 300 of them are different um, <laughs> right. and so yeah. you know that's uh, that's something that is um, comforting in the dry cleaning industry yeah, I, I get the model as, as as you're describing it, Kevin. I, I think it, it's very impressive. And, you know, over the years, I mean, Lapels has had a number of accolades. I mean, I've seen you've been listed in Entrepreneur Magazine. So was it the Franchise 500? Um, you've been in yep. the Franchise Times. It, what is all that attributed to? I mean, that's Congratulations on that, by the way. It's very impressive. Thank you. I appreciate that, Marty. Um, you know, it's uh... – I guess it's a tribute to the franchise owners that we have in our system, which mm-hmm. are incredibly hardworking people that, you know, have helped build the brand throughout the country now in 16 states. That's, that's probably, you know, first and foremost. And then, right. you know, second, just having a business model that is proven and having a team of people in our corporate office that are addicted to helping people uh, from operations yeah. and marketing and real estate support, lending support. Um, and that combination um, works very well for us and uh, our system. How does technology play a role in the business today, Kevin? It seems like technology is, is constantly changing, right? It's hard to keep up with. I mean, lapels is probably different how you're using technology today compared to, you know, 15 years ago when you started with the organization. How are you using yeah. technology today? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. In the dry cleaning industry specifically, um, dry cleaners don't agree about a whole lot, but they do agree about one thing, which is mm-hmm. the number one reason that people choose the dry cleaner they go to is convenience. And right. what that convenience has looked like over the years has really shifted. So, you know, think back 50 years ago, convenient was being next to a supermarket. And, you know, mm-hmm. dad would go to work, mom would go right. shopping and drop off right. dad's dry cleaning. And then sort of fast forward, and then it became, you know, being next to the coffee shops, the Starbucks, the Dunkin' Donuts of the world, because, you know, mom and dad were both working, and they were hitting right. that daily. Uh, and then it was having an end cap with a drive through and then it was 24-hour drop boxes. Mm-hmm. And I think the final resting place for convenience is pickup and delivery. We're at your front door twice a week, whether you have clothes or not, we'll be there. Wow. And technology is really playing a part in that in several aspects. One, mm-hmm. you know, just the yellow pages are, you know, not the way most people are finding dry cleaners nowadays. Right. They're going to right. the web and they're putting in something like dry cleaner near me. So technology is playing a part in driving new customers, having reviews that are being generated in the store helps with mm-hmm. that. And then, right. you know, things like the app where people can go on and, sign up for pickup and delivery and put their credit card in a nice secured environment yeah. or update credit card or starch information or notify the store they're on the way. 
we are now just finalizing uh, an Alexa API where people will be able to say, hey, Alexa, you know, pick up my dry cleaning or notify the right. dry cleaner I'm on my way. So technology, wow. I think, will keep playing a part in what is ultimately pickup and delivery. That's amazing. Yeah, the technology really is 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 fascinating, and especially, you know, you don't think about it when you look at the history of of dry cleaners. You know, where we were and where we are today. I mean, they're they're just almost like totally different models. It's it's really fascinating, and I guess it's safe to say. I mean, yeah. the dry cleaning industry is, is is a big industry, Kevin. I I don't have the numbers, but you know, it, it's, it's a pretty big industry in itself, isn't it? It is. Yeah. I mean, you know, two things to what you just said. One, for years, nothing changed in the dry cleaning industry. It was almost right, laughable. Right. Um, you know, the typical <laughs> yeah. dry cleaner's marketing campaign was we accept all competitors' coupons. And that, that right. existed for like 70 years. Yeah, uh, but yeah. you have now seen some tremendous advances in dry cleaning over the last, you know, five years specifically, which has been really great to see. Um, right. And, you know, we, we look to just kind of accelerate that. That's terrific. What's been a tough question? We try to stump our guests sometimes, Kevin, but what's been one of the most interesting things that's happened to you since being part of lapels? I'm sure you probably have a hundred stories, you know, to, to narrow it down to one single story is, is, is difficult, but the, does anything stand out over the year? I mean, it sounds like the technology part to, to me would be fascinating to see, you know, where it was and where it is today yeah. and all the changes, but does anything else stand out yeah. over the years to you? Yeah, I think a couple of things. Uh, you know, probably the the biggest standout for me is uh, the the travel that I've been able to to um, you know sort of see the world through lapels. Mm. And specifically, right. uh, we are uh, working with a group out in Qatar uh, to build stores out there. And I think we've had more and more uh, of these conversations in other countries: mm-hmm. uh, Dubai, Qatar, Switzerland. Wow. Um, and wow. I think we'll see more and more of that development. So. Um, that, that's really been kind of cool. Um, I never, when I, when I got here 15 years ago, I, I would have never imagined that. And then I think just more recently, the whole COVID uh, pandemic has really yeah. been yeah. eye opening. Um, you yes. know, again, it's been a testament to our franchise system and, and the people inside that system where we really kind of pivoted, um, and pivoted in terms of, household items and wash, dry and fold is a much bigger piece of our business, uh, working with dentists and gyms and, and places like that. Um, as well as, you know, just pushing pickup and delivery a whole lot more. And then just seeing the franchise system come together, um, mm-hmm. and sharing good ideas and best practices. And, you know, I, I when we hang up, I'm on a call with our, our entire system talking about the latest with legislation and, payroll right. protection loans and idle loans and, and all of that. So those, those are the two standouts for me thus far. You were talking about the significance of, of your franchisees when we were talking about um, accolades, Kevin, which I, I think is great. What, what types of characteristics or traits do you look for in your franchisees? In other words, like what's, what's important to you um, that you think would make a good match for a lapels franchisee? You know, our typical franchise owner, successful franchise owner, is somebody that is coming out of corporate America that was successful mm-hmm. out in corporate America and has made some money and savings to start a business. And the right. attributes that they usually have is that they are typically pretty detail-oriented um, yeah. and they're very sales and marketing-driven. 
Um, We have several engineers in our system who are very process driven, uh, which, you know, lends itself well to uh, the franchise world, you know, veterans lends itself uh, well to the franchise world. They're, Mm -hmm. they're really good at following a proven business model. Um, And so those, those are really sort of the standouts, Um, you know, within our system, we have some people that gravitate a little bit more towards marketing and others that gravitate towards operations a little more, but generally speaking, they in some way, shape or form are really good at following a system. How about the training, Kevin? Uh, I'm sure it's, well, it could be a little different, I guess, with COVID-19 right now, but I mean, how how's training typically, how how did the training work, I guess, in the past and maybe how are you doing it today? Okay, yeah. So the way that it worked out in the past is basically there were three stages. Uh, You know, we would have what, you know, we know as Discovery Day, which would happen typically just before somebody signs an agreement and and goes live with us. And then once they do sign the agreement, we typically are looking for real estate and lending right away. And when we Mm -hmm. have the real estate sort of secured, however that plays out, we would have them up for submersion training at our corporate office. And within that submersion training, they're kind of going back and forth between three different environments. One is a classroom style setting where they're learning things like our intranet, our marketing platform, bookkeeping and accounting. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to a working plant and they're spending a few days there. And they're going to a working satellite store where they're seeing pickup and delivery and, you know, a lot of customer interaction and and point of sale interaction. So they take in a lot. We usually start that week by saying you're going to take in way more than you can absorb, but get familiar with it, get get, uh, comfortable with it. It'll make a whole lot more sense as you open. And so part two of that is when the store does open, we send our corporate team down there. And they help with everything from getting the POS system and credit card system set up to, you know, grand opening training and marketing and, you know, being there live when the store opens and they're there for that first week and a half that the store is open. And then it's just ongoing Mm -hmm. consultation. Um, Now, you know, fast forward to today, (laughs) that classroom piece of the training is happening through Zoom. Um, Yeah, I imagine. And I would say, you know, I'm I'm sort of uh, neutral on this uh, go-to meeting in Zoom. I, I think mm-hmm. we're fulfilling everything that we should be on training, but there's right. certainly some personal connection, you know, going out sure. to dinner and getting to know the family and right. the wife right. and the kids. And, you know, that aspect is a little bit different right now, but it's been great. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's been a common theme since, since March, Kevin, you know, is, is what it was like in the past and what it's like today is, is different, you know, and, and I guess at some point there'll be a, a, a light at the end of the tunnel, you know, and, and I'm sure a lot of franchises like yourself will, you know, go back to the old way of, of doing yeah. things and this will just yeah. be a, 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 a memory. Is, is, is there such a thing as a, a typical day for a lapels dry cleaning franchisee, Kevin? I'm sure like, you know, there might be some differences in certain days and things like that, meeting with different customers and things, but um, yeah. how would you describe a typical day? Yeah, I would say a typical day in the life of a franchise owner is, uh, you know, they're really kind of working on the business uh, and, mm-hmm. and having yeah. strong people that are working in the business. So, They're overseeing the customer service reps that are front and center with the customers. 
They're overseeing their production manager that is in charge of, you know, the production team and getting clothes cleaned and out the door on time. They're overseeing their route developer who's in charge of the routes uh, and making sure clothes get picked up and dropped off to customers and they're bringing new customers on to the route. And then they're typically working with our corporate team in terms of best practices on operations uh, where, you know, we're constantly sharing the newest and greatest ideas. Uh, We like to think of that as um, our responsibility as the franchisor to get good ideas across the system very quickly. We don't necessarily have to come up with a great idea every day. We just have to hear one and recognize it's a good idea. Sure. Right. Uh, And then working with our, our marketing team, on everything from generating reviews for the store online, um, you know, building out the application, uh, customer connect, uh, social media advertising, direct mail campaigns. Um, so that's really kind of a microcosm. Uh, they, they really are, are typically functioning as like the overall manager of those different departments. That's great. When I have someone like yourself on the show, Kevin, I mean, I have to ask, you know, because because you you know you started at such a young age. What advice would you give to our listeners in their quest to buy a franchise? Because because you mentioned earlier, I mean, th- there's a lot out there today. You know, it's like you go to a franchise show. There's like 500 concepts, and then there's like another what 2,500. They say 3,000 concepts out there. So there's so much to choose from. Yeah. From everything you've learned up to this point, what advice would you give to our listeners to in specifically buying a franchise? Yeah, I mean, the the one big standout for me with that is that it's very expensive and it's a big commitment to start a business. And you really, mm-hmm. you don't want to look at it in the short term. Um, right. You really want to look at it in the long term. And what I mean by that yeah. is just there's a lot of concepts that are red hot today and fizzle mm-hmm. out really yeah. quickly. Um, yeah. And there's always there's always that inventory of that type of franchise. So you really want to look at something that you'll be in for a minimum of ten years. It's something that right. you enjoy right. doing, that's yeah. going to you know make you money and support your family, uh, and you don't have to worry about again somebody pulling a rug underneath you with right. you know the the interest level just sort of disappearing overnight. Yeah, I, I think that that's great advice, Kevin. So what's Lapel's dry cleaning plans for the future, Kevin? I mean, as the CEO, I could ask you, I mean, where do you see the organization maybe uh, three years, five years down the road? Well, I think in this industry specifically, different from the hotel or restaurant world, there really aren't a lot of brands out there, you know, where – you move from Boston to New York and you say, Hey, I got to find the lapels dry cleaner in my area. Right. And so, you know, to reverse engineer it, that's what we're looking to get to. And the way we're looking to get there is by building these hub and spokes businesses with solid franchise owners that will, you know, run a great business day in and day out and sort of rinse and repeat that throughout each and every zip code across the country. That's, that's really the, the master plan. And we feel like we've put a tremendous amount of elbow grease into uh, proving the business model and perfecting the business right. model. And now it's simply a matter of finding the right franchise partners across the country and right. helping them to get in business and then ongoing consultation with them as we grow. That's terrific. What's the best way, Kevin, for our listeners to get more information on Lapel's Dry Cleaning? Of course, it's the franchise system, but even the service itself. Are there any websites you can kind of direct them to? Yeah, I think the easiest is Lapel's, L-A-P-E-L-S, 
franchise.com. Uh, okay. And from there, you can either link to the consumer page if you're looking to sign up for delivery, or you can right. get information about opening your own lapels business. That's fantastic. Well, I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed talking to you today, Kevin. I, I've done so many of these interviews, and, and, and this was certainly one of the top. So it, it, really great to have you finally on the show. And I'd like to invite you back over the next several years as you continue to grow, because I think you guys have a great business model. It was an honor, Marty. I appreciate it. And thank you for the kind words and would, uh, would love to join you again. Thanks so much, Kevin. This has been my pleasure. And we'll be right back with more franchise interviews. <laughs> 